0: This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. Parents who put too much emphasis on safe spaces and trigger warnings may be limiting their kids' potential. An expert says parents should raise children to have resilience and mental strength.
1: Figuring out how do you become a guide, how do you make sure that your kids have the skills that they need. It's not just enough to say, I'm going to be a hands-off parent. You need to make sure that you're actively teaching kids.
0: Then, independent businesses are thriving thanks to the red-hot gig economy. If you consider going solo or want extra income, you'll want to hear our interview with an expert. The truth of the matter is that of the 41 million people that are doing this, an enormous number are doing it by choice, and they want to run their business this way. Stay with us. InfoTrack begins right after this. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. Parents who put too much emphasis on safe spaces and trigger warnings may be doing their kids a disservice. An expert says kids have greater self-assurance when parents teach them resilience and mental strength. With this story,
2: InfoTrack's Roy Mackey. Roy? Thanks, Chris. We're joined by Amy Morin. She's a licensed clinical social worker, psychotherapist, college psychology instructor, and internationally recognized expert on mental strength. And she's here to discuss her recent book, 13 Things Mentally Strong Parents Don't Do. Now, this is the follow-up to your previous book, 12 Things Strong People Do, as opposed to parents. You had quite a journey that led you to that point. Can you just give us kind of a quick summary of your story?
1: Yeah, I was a therapist, and I thought my role in life was to teach other people about mental strength, and I had no idea how much I was going to need it myself. But my mother passed away suddenly from a brain aneurysm shortly after my career as a therapist started. And then on the three-year anniversary of her death, my 26-year-old husband died of a heart attack. And a few years down the road after that, my father-in-law was diagnosed with terminal cancer. And I found myself thinking, this isn't fair. Why do these things always have to happen to me? And I sat down and I wrote a list of all the things mentally strong people don't do. And it was really a letter to myself to say, don't do these things because they'll hold you back. And when I was done, I had 13 items on my list. And I thought, well, if this is helpful to me, maybe it would be helpful to somebody else. So I wrote an article called 13 Things Mentally Strong People Don't Do. And it went viral. I thought maybe a few people would read it. I had no idea that it would resonate with so many people, but it was read over 50 million times And that's what led to my first book, which is also titled 13 Things Mentally Strong People Don't Do. And readers of that book just kept asking me the same question over and over again, which is, how do we teach kids how to be mentally strong? And that's how I came out with my second book.
2: Very inspirational story. The general thrust of this book is that Parents, teachers, and so forth need to work on becoming mental strength trainers for their kids. Do you see that as a problem that's represented by the participation trophy and safe spaces method of parenting over the past generation or two? Or has this issue existed for many years?
1: I think that our parenting role has really shifted. We've become much more protective of kids and we don't give them the skills that they need. So I really think that becoming a mental strength coach is about figuring out how do you become a guide? How do you make sure that your kids have the skills that they need? It's not just enough to say, I'm going to be a hands-off parent. You need to make sure that you're actively teaching kids, hey, here's how to build mental muscle. We spend so much time talking about physical health and physical strength and making sure kids are getting exercise and eating a healthy diet, but... I think most adults just don't know, how do you teach kids how to be mentally strong?
2: As a psychotherapist, I think you're well-qualified to answer this one. Is self-assurance and mental toughness a built-in personality trait in certain kids, or do you think that it's something that parents need to focus on with every single child?
1: I think it's important to focus on it with all kids, that all kids have the ability to develop mental muscle. We just have to teach them, just like you could teach your kid how to build physical muscle, You need to teach them how to build mental muscle. They aren't born just knowing how to do it. Obviously,
2: we don't have time to go through all 13 of your points, but if you were choosing maybe the top three, what would they be of the 13 things mentally strong parents don't do?
1: The first one I'd say is that they don't condone a victim mentality. It's important to teach kids that bad things will happen in life, whether you strike out at the baseball game or you fail a test, but that doesn't make you a victim. Another one would be that mentally strong parents don't shield their child from pain. Kids need to know they can go through tough circumstances and they can learn from it. Give them practice. They need opportunities to say, okay, I can do this. I can face this problem. And then they build confidence over time so that when they become adults, they know I can handle problems when they come my way. And a third one would be that they don't lose sight of their values. I think it's so easy in today's world to forget to look at the bigger picture we get caught up in homework and the busyness of life and we forget well what are my values what do i want my kids to learn and when parents can keep that in mind it teaches kids okay here's the priorities here are the most important things in life and then kids grow up knowing what their parents values are and then they internalize those values for themselves
2: another one of your points is they don't give their child power over them can you give us some examples of what that would be
1: Yeah, as a psychotherapist, I see a shift in the family hierarchy to the point where parents, they mean well, and they think that they're empowering their kids, but at the same time, they're giving their kids too much power. So it might be a mom who's divorced, and she asks her kids, do you mind if I date again? And they leave it up to their kids to make that decision, or... I've worked with families who will say, we have a job opportunity on the other side of the country, but my kids don't want to move, so we're not going to take it. And I think it's important to show kids that we validate their feelings, we respect their opinions, but parents need to be leaders. And that may mean doing something that your kids don't approve of sometimes. But when we do that and kids know, okay, my parents have more wisdom than I do, my parents know what they're doing, it frees them up to just focus on kid issues rather than thinking I have to be in charge or my parents want to do whatever I tell them to do. That gives kids a lot of anxiety. I think this
2: is probably a hard topic for many parents because it seems that many parents get a sense of self-worth out of having their children as dependent as possible on them.
1: Yeah, I run into a lot of parents who will say that too, that they just want to be needed But it's really important for parents to want to work themselves out of a job. There should be a point where things shift and your kids start to take more responsibility, more ownership. They can start making their own healthy decisions and that you're there to guide them and make sure that there's consequences when they mess up, but that you're not doing everything for them.
2: How does divorce influence all of this? Because I can see these 13 points being particularly difficult when you have parents in two different places and maybe competing against one another.
1: That happens a lot, that parents want to be the nice one or the fun one. And I see a lot of parents that are parenting out of guilt, too. They think, well, I only see you on the weekends or I only get you a few nights a week. So when you come to my house, it'll be all about fun and we won't worry about responsibility. And ultimately, that backfires for kids. Kids need to know that they have jobs to do, that they have chores, even if if they're only at your house for two days a week, they should still have chores to do, and that teaches them how to grow up to become responsible adults.
2: Is there an age where this gets maybe to be a little too late for parents to apply these strategies?
1: I think it's never too late, even if you have a young adult and you think, oh, boy, I wish I would have known this earlier, but my kids are already 22 years old. I think you can still do it now and you can still say, hey, I'm going to teach you how to be as mentally strong as possible. I'm going to become a better role model. I'm going to start doing these things so that that you can learn. It's easier to learn it when you're four and five years old, but it's never too late to become better.
2: Very practical advice from Amy Morin, psychotherapist and the author of the book, 13 Things Mentally Strong Parents Don't Do. Amy, tell us what your website address is.
1: It's Amy Morin, L-C-S-W, as in licensedclinicalsocialworker.com.
2: And Morin is spelled M-O-R-I-N. Yes. Well, thank you again for joining us on InfoTrack.
1: And thanks for having me.
2: And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. Ready to ditch the corporate cubicle and
0: join today's gig economy? That story, coming up. You're listening to InfoTrack. More after this.